With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, welcome to Tovi TV. This is the Tovi TV Everton podcast. Me and Cam are back and today we are joined by the one, the only, the legend... Paul Nealon from Irish Football Fan TV. How are you, mate? I'm good, good. Off the back of a um, international break where obviously Ireland didn't get beaten, so it's something mm-hmm. new. And uh, straight back into uh, talking about everything. How are you, boys? I, I'm not too bad. How are you, Cam? Yeah, I'm all right. It's uh, it's settling in now, isn't it? It's been a bit of a manic last week or so. I think last time we done a podcast, yeah. we just finished the season, and we were saying how excited we were for the the future and the summer with Carlo Ancelotti. And obviously, a lot of things have changed since then. But overall, in general life, I'm I'm not too bad. I can't really complain. Yeah, well, just before we get on to the um, the obvious elephants in the room, obviously, I've not spoke for you, spoke to you for a while, Paul, but. Just before we get on to anything that's been going on in the past couple of weeks, what was your overall feelings or reactions on the, the, the this last season just gone, I suppose? Well, just kind of overall, the start of the season, obviously we started really well and it was looking like, you know, we were actually going to kick on and, and really, you know, look like a team that could get into the top four. Obviously, we had Hammers and all the things kind of going well for us and we were scoring... I think against West Brom and wasn't it Brighton we got four in both of those games and we were looking like we were actually going to be a good side this season and then after I suppose a few weeks kind of leading into kind of October, November everything kind of went whoop, whoop, whoop like that um, typical Everton style and then uh, obviously then coming into November onto the Christmas time then and, and I was actually fearing we had a period I think we had to face Leicester, Chelsea, Arsenal and so on I was really worried about how we were going to pick up points there. I think Carlo showed his, you know, tactical masterclass in those games to be able to get results against those teams. And that put us in a really good position. But I think overall, kind of, if you look at the things, we were always missing key players at key times. Like I think through injuries and stuff like that, like Alan going out of the team was a huge miss. And then when he went out and then when he came back in, Decore was out and it was just things like that kind of constantly happened happening and we were trying to fill holes constantly throughout the course of the season I still you know obviously if you're looking at the season overall I was really really impressed with Ben Godfrey I thought he came in there and he played all across the back four um, and done really really well and I think he was probably one of the highlights of if you look at it overall in terms of where we finished and stuff like that he's probably the highlight of a bad season overall even though there was good moments Mm. if you're judging our season that we were going to finish 10th I still would have said at the start of last season that that's a bad season overall Um, can you class that down to injuries Um, I'm not sure because obviously away from home we were brilliant then at home we were terrible and it's just a really weird season overall and every time that I think Gary Neville had said it as well that every time we were expected to go and win a game that could put us into a good position for the European places, we bottled it every single time. And then when we weren't supposed to win, we would win. It was just, it was just such a bizarre kind of scene of uh, state of affairs throughout the course of the season. And even 
the players that we brought in in January, I thought we could have really strengthened in January to bring in players to help us get us over the line, at least into the maybe top six. Because at one stage, at that point, after kind of Christmas, we were kind of looking like we could be there, thereabouts come the end of the season. And then we got uh, Josh King in, who who didn't really do much. And yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> well, you mentioned then about finishing 10th, and I suppose, you know, being the highest point scoring team to finish 10th. Um, it, it, if you said to me before this out of season, like you said, if we finished 10th, it would be a bad season. And I suppose it was a bad season, but then to come down to the last day, where you could have finished, could have finished seventh, had results gone our way, obviously, but we could have done a bit better ourselves. Uh, couldn't really done much worse. Um, and then, and then to finish tenth after being around, you know, the top six, top seven all season, and th- at a point thinking oh, we could get Champions League, and then another point, oh, it's impossible to drop out of Europe here. And then, so I suppose, like for a, to simplify the whole season, we've basically got this squad that's. Built from five different managers, from that five, uh, five different set, sets of players. They're not like all one type of style of players. They've got all different type of types of players. There's no like for like players. So was, we had a lot of injuries, of course. Um, I don't think there's anyone in our starting eleven who didn't have a, you know, some sort of short to long term injury. So I think Carlo coming in. Carlo's not type of the manager to try and implement his philosophy and put this playing style in. He looked at the squad and thought, right, we're best at defending with these players so let's just play this type of defensive type of football and maybe I wouldn't say he got the best out of the players because I think he made some questionable decisions and we'll talk about them later um, but yeah I'll ask you do, do you think Carlo got the best out of these players Cameron? It's it's a difficult one for me and, it, and it's been a difficult season because we've seen it a lot over the last week or so since Carlos left. There's been a lot of, oh, we, the football was awful anyway and it wasn't you know we, it wasn't great to watch and, and we weren't that great last season anyway. And then you're sort of on one hand, you're like, well, yeah, that's right, the football was dreadful at times and we lost some games that you just, we, we shouldn't be losing. Like like Paul said there, Gary Neville alluded to it a number of times. He said if I was an Evertonian, I'd be absolutely frustrated watching this Everton team because in the games that you think, right, OK, you know, get over the line, get the three points and you'll be right in there we always sort of seem to fall to bits um, but then on another hand you know two weeks ago before all the Ancelotti stuff um, come to fruition we were sort of sitting there going well 59 points um, you know is the best points total we've had since Ronald Koeman's season where he finished seventh only the second best since David Moyes left the football club of course one of them being Roberto Martinez's season uh, we'd all identified that the, the squad and the level of players in the squad just isn't good enough and we need serious serious investment so there was one element I think we were sitting, maybe Carlo did get the best of, of this group, maybe Carlo did get the best out of these players. Our away form obviously was, was absolutely fantastic and we were winning the games, like Paul said, that you're sort of thinking we probably wouldn't win and we were losing the games that you were thinking we would win. Um, but it, like you said, the football wasn't great and, and some of the home performances were, were utter dreadful. I just think I think it all sort of makes a little bit more sense now with, with Carlo leaving. I think there were certain games and certain performances which just showed a lack of any real sort of passion or fight or, or care, if you like, for, for lack of a better word. You know, there was times when the players and the manager on the sideline just looked like they weren't really interested and they didn't really have, you know, they weren't really focused on the, on the task ahead. And uh, that was really disappointing because there was a, a whole handful of those games, certainly towards the back end of the season, like you said, there was points where it was impossible to finish outside the top six mm. or seven. We were 10th was like, yeah, no chance. We're never finishing 10th. Mm. And I know... It, we were, you know, only within a couple of points away from seventh, and and et cetera, et cetera. But 
It is. It's just. It's just Everton to to get fifty nine points in any yeah. other season. It'd get you around sixth, seventh European football, and in this mm. season, it's got an Everton tenth. But it's a bit of a mad one because you can look at it both ways. You can say, oh well, Carlo Ancelotti wasn't the greatest for Everton and, and didn't get you know the, the, an awful lot out of these players. But you know, I think we have to start looking at the players and thinking, what more can we get out of it? I caught myself doing it yesterday, sitting on the steam, going, Graham Potter's done a brilliant job with with Brighton and what they've got. Imagine what he could do with with what Everton got. And then I had to sit back and go, well, actually, Everton haven't really got much either, to be honest with you. It's not like our team is. Hey, we're better. I'd say we're better than Brighton and we've got more quality. But it's not like we're sitting here going, we've got all of these world class players. We haven't. We still need five or six players in the mm. summer as well as a manager, and that, there's no hiding that. So it was an up and down roller coaster season, as it typically always is with Everton. But now we've got to have a fresh start, and hopefully, we bring in a manager like you said before that allows Marcel Brands to do his job, and that job is directing the football, and that then automatically gets rid of this whole f- having five different types of groups of players from four or five different managers. Mm. Well, the season. Um, but I think as well what you said there about getting the best out of players I think there was moments like obviously when we beat Liverpool in Anfield yeah. and yeah, yeah. when you win at Arsenal and stuff like that he did get the best out of players and I do think a lot of them are limited like you, you look at players like yeah. Awobi it even frustrates me if you just mention his name just just players like that <laughs> yeah. you're just looking and going like he's there moaning throughout the course of the season that he doesn't, he doesn't get played in his best position he never told them and you're just like for me kind of looking in some cases I can see why Carlo left because you're dealing with players like that and Bernard and uh, these types of players, and you're just like, well, hang on, I can go and work with you know Eden Hazard and these. Type- I know he hasn't yeah. been too well for for Real Madrid, but you know what I mean. Like you can work with these types of players, <laughs> and you know be probably given a, a decent budget to bring in top quality yeah. players, and then he's kind of working with this. And I'm sure we're going to touch on the management, but I just want to say that obviously, over he did provide us with good moments over the course of the season. Maybe collectively it wasn't amazing, but. There was good, and he did kind of break a few curses as well, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, being at Real Madrid, he's he's now working with players that he used to be working with. He's 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 able to say, obviously, we've seen the, we've seen the phrase in the past few days. He's able to say to some of these players, just go and play. <laughs> yeah. Um, but with Everton, the man management is totally different. And I suppose, you know, the season ended, and we were we spoke on the podcast a few weeks ago. Let's get some players in that are more suited to him. Uh, and we thought it can only go really go one way, and that's up. And obviously, um, news comes out a couple two weeks ago yesterday, wasn't it, that uh, he, he left his role? Uh, Paul, what was your? Where was you? And how did you? How did you first find out that he was leaving, if not already left? What was your? What was your initial reaction? Um, I saw on Twitter. I think someone had actually tweeted Baz and Ped. And they'd said, uh, what's going on? Where are the lads? I think Baz was on holidays or something. And he just goes, oh, we're well aware of the situation, but I'm away on holidays. And then I kind of was like, what? Because I'd seen like small little rumours and it was just kind of trickling, trickling, trickling. Then into the next day, it became more apparent. And then it kind of grew legs. And then it really kind of went from there. I was heartbroken. I'm not going to lie because, you know, in my lifetime, and I'm sure you are the same, we've never really had a world-class manager managing our yeah. club. Like we've mm-hmm. had... You know, Kuman was a world class player, but he wasn't a world class manager. No, Martinez no. wasn't world class. Moyes, obviously, mm-hmm. I suppose, given us the best times of our lives as Evertonians, uh, yeah. definitely me anyway. Uh, but our if you kind of look days. at that, uh-huh. it's our, our glory days, that was. Yeah, basically. And it's it's not a lot of glory in those glory days, <laughs> you know, as well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But like looking at, we had, we had a world class manager. As I said, there were signs in certain games that 
you know, we were we we showed that we can do better, and we were hoping then if maybe Carlo gets three, four players in this transfer window, maybe gets rid of you know some of the dead wood that's been sitting there um, on the bench and stuff like that. Because I know we've been trying to get rid of Bernard and these types of players. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was hoping that we get rid of them and bring in Carlo's players. And I, I think I was watching just before we came on. I was watching uh, the video that Baz did with I think Dave and um, I can't remember the other guy's name with the hat. Um, yeah, he's sitting on the couch. Keith, yeah, sorry. Um, and he was saying that, like, like in a lot of cases with negotiations and stuff like that, like Carlo did hold the cards there. And a lot of players, that lure of playing for Carlo Ancelotti as well, that's gone now too. So all these kind of things were creeping into my into my head. And I was just like, I was actually really disappointed. I actually was, uh, I hadn't been that sad in a long, well, I say sad, but I was really down about it because I, you know, I really did start taking to him. I believed everything he said. I, I loved his press conferences because he seemed to really love the club. And I would watch everything he did. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd hang on every word he said because he just kind of mm-hmm. had that thing about him. He had that bit of, a uh, bit like Martinez where you kind of had that way about him where you kind of, you liked him as well as obviously he was your manager and you, you liked the way he kind of embraced the football club. And I did think, it, you know, he did seem to take to the football club as well. But maybe, you know, looking back on some of the things he said, maybe that was just to kind of get people over the line with him as well, you know. So, yeah, ultimately, I was just, I was quite sad. I actually had a number of people texting me just calling it, are you all right? Like, so that kind of just shows how much I, I really liked him, you know. Yeah, and I suppose it's, it's the first manager that's left since David Moyes that we haven't wanted to leave. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I know yeah. most yeah. of us didn't want to. And even then with Moyes, it felt like, oh, it's been 11 years you know, he's, he's took us as far as he really probably can, given the uh, set. We always finish below the teams that I'd, you'd expect to finish above us because of our lack of finances. Yeah. And um, and it just come from, like, we were sat here playing FIFA, weren't we? And life was good. And Ped came in, said, oh, Carlo's going. And I was just like, what? It just it just blew up from nowhere, didn't it? So, yeah. But and I, I, I said to Baz yesterday, we've got a director of football now who should be the director of football. And for the past three years... He's not really, he hasn't been really, has, has he? No. Uh, he's, done, he's done a good job getting players out the door. I know a lot of people haven't, um, the signings have been great that he's brought in. Obviously, mm-hmm. all the players haven't been his. So do you think now he's been given a new three-year deal, let him be in complete control, make the signings, go and fi- let him go and find a manager who, um, who, who can suit the players that he's bringing in? Rather than getting a manager who wants his own players, and then it's mixed with the players that brands are signing, and then the manager doesn't work out, then you're stuck with the manager's players again. Yeah. Um, so, do you think, in a way, Carlo leaving can improve that? You know, the situation where Marcel Brands taken over because obviously Carlo would want his own players, and then Marcel Brands would be bringing players in, and it sort of worked last season with Hammers and Allen. Uh, Decore was more Marcel Brands signing. But um, do you think this gives an opportunity for Marcel Brands to take? complete control of that with you Cameron yeah it's, he's got to I mean just just to touch on, on Carlo again before we go into Marcel Brands Paul said it before Carlo held all the cards in this in this situation and he did and there was I think the Athletic put a statement out last week which said that there was a clause in Carlo Ancelotti's contract which said that if certain clubs come in for him he could just walk with no no mm. compensation no issues no questions and I really don't like that whatsoever and I know 
the flip side to that argument is, well, if that clause wasn't in his contract, we probably wouldn't have got Carlo Ancelotti in the first place, and that's fine. But you can't be having clauses in contracts that say that if if if, if a certain team comes in for you with no hesitation, with no compensation, with no argument, you can just walk. Because how are you meant to get stability from that? Mm, how are yeah. you meant to get any sort of consistency? How are you meant to bring in a manager that's here for the long run, that's fully committed to the project, and that the board are fully committed to? If you've got in the back of your mind that if anyone after Eason comes in for him here, he can walk without even having to contact us. He can just go without no issue whatsoever. So that really stuck in me throat. I didn't like it whatsoever, and I hope the club never put that type of clause in in, in anyone's contract again. Because for me, it's it's ridiculous. It's stupid. You shouldn't be having a clause which says that if a certain club comes in for you, you can walk without no issue. Because how are you meant to get any sort of consistency? And how are the board or anyone in Everton or the players meant to completely follow this manager if they know? Well, maybe if somebody come in for him that he could walk without any issue with, he'd go straight away. Um, but on brands, no, absolutely, absolutely, he's got to be given full control. Now, I mean, you said before, you know, Marcel Brands has been here for three years now, and I know that not, a, I know there's a, uh, you know, a, a few Evertonians or a section of Evertonians that aren't happy with Marcel Brands and don't believe he's done a good enough job, and that's that, fine. That, yeah, that's that, fine. That's fair enough. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but. You know, and this is why we come on the channel. This is why Paul's on with us. This is why me and Ned sit down. This is why Baz and Ped sit down. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But with this situation, the club have given Marcel Brands a new three-year contract. So what we think of Marcel Brands is is sort of it's not irrelevant because we all should have our opinions and we should let them opinions be known. But to the club, it it doesn't really matter at the moment because they've just given him a new contract. They've just put the trust and the faith in Marcel Brands for another three years. So he's there now for the long run, whether you like him or not. He's going to be there and. If he's going to be here for another three years, he has to be allowed to do his job. You can't be having a director of football coming in and them just acting like a negotiator or an advisor to Farad Mashiri. Mm. He's not an advisor to Farad Mashiri. Farad Mashiri's brought Marcel Brands in because Farad Mashiri isn't a footballer man. He's a very mm. clever businessman and he's done a lot for the football club in regards to that. But he's not a footballer man. Bill Kenwright is not a footballer man. He's a businessman. He's a you know he's a money man. He knows what he's doing with that. Marcel Brands is the footballer man. You bring a director of football in to direct the football that's his role and that means he should be fair whoever comes in as manager it should be Marcel Brands' choice whoever comes in, in in terms of playing staff it should be Marcel Brands' choice yes he can work with the new manager absolutely fine that's why that new manager needs to be able to have a relationship with Marcel Brands but ultimately the final decision is down to him because Marcel Brands is steering this ship or at least he should be steering this ship he should be running the football club when you think of Everton and who's running Everton you look at the manager and you think right he trains the players the players do the job but when you look at who runs Everton Football Club the first name that comes into all of our heads should be Marcel Brands he's the director of football he makes the decisions not Farad Mashiri and I do think there's been an element in the last three years of maybe Farad Mashiri or other members of the board sticking their head in a little bit and saying, well, no, hang on, I want this type of player, so go out and buy this type of player, or I want him to come in as manager, so we'll go out and get him, rather than just saying to Marcel Brands, listen, this is your job. Who do you want to bring in? Who do you think is right for the job? And also, Baz said it last week, I was watching one of the Steams last week, and Baz said, if you give everything to Marcel Brands and you allow him to make every decision, then he's accountable for those decisions. Then we can sit here in the summer and go, we know Marcel Brands brought in... Christoph Galtier, we know Marcel Brands brought in Graham Potter, we know Marcel Brands brought in this right winger, that right back, this centre midfielder. So if those players or those managers aren't successful, you look at Marcel Brands and go, that's down to you, that's your, that's, you're responsible for that because you brought them in. If Everton go and bring in a manager now, 
And for some, what we we found out that it wasn't Marcel Brands' decision, and, and he didn't really have a choice in it, and it mm. was down to Machiri or Ken Wright. Then how can we seriously sit here and put any blame on Marcel Brands if yeah. he hasn't made that decision? We can't. So let him make those decisions. Put the trust in him, like the club have done, that he'll make the right decisions. And if he doesn't, he's accountable for that. And then we address that when it happens. But you can't have a director of football in, in place, mate, if you're not going to let him steer the ship and, and make the footballing decisions. Otherwise, there's no point. He's just an advisor. Well, if you let Marcel bring the signings in, <laughs> and then you and then you let Farad pick a manager, <coughs> Farad's not got a football. He's not like you said. He's not a footballing man, is he? No. So he doesn't know that Marcel. If Marcel chooses the signings, then he can find um, find a manager who's had success with the same type of players yeah. he's bringing in. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, we've been linked with a a few managers over the past week or two. A few. Oh, quite a lot. Um, Paul. What's your thoughts on some of the managers that's been knocking around on obviously all social media? There's been quite a, a few names heavily linked and some not so heavily, but talked about anyway. So, uh, what's some of your thoughts on some of the some of the links? Well, just just on what um, Cam said there about Marcel Brands, I don't think that Carlo Ancelotti would have been his choice of manager. I think that was Mashiri's choice. And again, mm, yeah. if you look at some of the players that maybe uh, Carlo brought in, I don't think they were uh, Brands's. Uh, choices or targets mm-hmm. to bring in yeah, either. Like absolutely. I can understand yeah. why we got them, and they did do well this season. I totally understand that. But uh, like you say, it has to be a manager who can come in. And if you look at all the other clubs out there who are doing well recruitment wise, you never hear of their you know director of football or whatever. They're all in the background. Like I don't know Liverpool, Man City. I don't know any of their director of football, or if I've heard them, you know, you very rarely hear of them. You just think, oh, Pep's made those signs. You know what I mean? But we need to get a manager in who... I look at someone like Brendan Rodgers, who's gone to Leicester, and he works with their director of football, and I'm sure like they've got recruitment right how many yeah. seasons yeah. now. Absolutely. You know, um, you could say, okay, they bottled fourth place two years in a row, but they still won a cup, and they're still there, thereabouts, and they're building something. They've built yeah, a yeah. new training ground and stuff like that. They seem like a club on the rise. But he's gone there... It didn't really work out that well at Liverpool for him. He went to Celtic, done well there, and then went back to to Leicester then. So you're kind of looking at I would like not I'm not by the way, I'm not looking for Rogers to come in there, but I look at some of the you know the managers that are linked. You've got Conte again. Are you going down the Carlo route with that where yeah, you could get him in, but would he want a, a, a clause where he has to get out yeah. and leave if a Juventus or someone like that come in for him? It's all well and good being linked, and I think there's the pride in, in us now having had Carlo, we all are like, oh, well, we want the next best thing because it sounds cool or it looks good or he's a serial winner. He was a serial winner when he had great players and every club he's been at, yeah. he's had great players in the squad, like Carlo as well. So yeah. I think it would be a similar kind of choice if that, if that was what we were going for. I don't think we'll get him either way. I don't really want him. He seems to come in places and just rip everything up and, and yeah. leave then after a couple of seasons. That's not what we need because we'll be sat here in two years' time the exact same situation as we're in now, going, oh, he's left. Who will we get in? So, I, and then you look mm-hmm. at Nuno. Yeah, he was a good manager. Um, he obviously took Wolves up and had a lot of players in there. He's got a good, a lot of pull there with Portuguese players and stuff like that. And I was listening to Matt Doherty in a press conference there at the Ireland camp, and he was speaking about, you know, him and his staff are all world class and stuff like that. Maybe he would be a good choice, but again then you're just changing around everything. You look at a lot of these players that are already in the club, like we will, whoever comes in will have to work with a lot of these players and won't be able to bring in a load of their players. You know what I mean? Like um, 
I know a couple of players speak Portuguese in the squad, Richard, Andre Gomez, Bernard, um, but the likelihood is Bernard's probably going to be gone as well. So that's mm-hmm. one, one yeah. less uh, Portuguese-speaking player. But I look at Nuno, he, he doesn't fill me with someone who's going to be there long-term. You know, if it goes well for a couple of years, you know, does he then go off, go on somewhere? Or will he be in it for four or five years? Which I think is what we need, is someone who can be there for that long and take us into the new stadium and obviously do well from there. Um in some ways, kind of like the way Pochettino was with Spurs for a bit. He stayed there for a number of years. There was a continuity there, and uh, he was able to bring in players like that. I'm not saying again. I'm not calling for Pochettino, but I, I, I honestly, I look at Big Dunk and I think he knows the players. Um, and he's, you know, you might laugh at it, whatever, but I, I just think why not give him a go because mm, he knows absolutely. the club inside out. He knows the players. Um, I think he would work with brands, and. I just, I don't see, uh, like, people are like, oh, well, he's inexperienced. Well, how do you get the experience if you're not mm-hmm. going to be allowed? I, I appreciate we had Unsworth in the role and that didn't really work out. But you never know how that could have, you know, turned around because he actually did win 5-1 against West Ham and then Sam came in taking all the credit for that result when actually it was Unsworth. But anyway, um, for me, at this stage, looking at all the managers, there's, there's no one there that, that makes me go, Wow, we need to get him. So for me, I would go with Dunk. Like again, out of the list of candidates, who else? Like Moyes, if he came back, I know. Look, we have that sentiment thing, obviously, as we said, and that's yeah. probably all that is. I think him coming back, I don't see it going too well. It's funny because like he still has players there from his time. Like Coleman's still there from his time there. But like if you brought in Big Dunk, right, and then maybe some experienced assistant manager. And then you already have Baines on the coaching staff. And who knows, maybe you can get like Jags or someone like that in on the coaching staff as well. Mm. And then you have players who've been in and around, understand the ethos of the club, the history, all that type of stuff. And then you have players like Coleman who are drilling at home in the dressing room day in, day out as well. But, you know, I, I, I just think that Dunk is the right fit because he would actually work with brands and he could bring in his signings. But I do ultimately think the the book stops with Marcel Brands and I think he has to make that decision. I don't think Mashiri should be, you know, buttoning in and as Cam said, he's he's a businessman and that's why his job is Brands is the football man and he should be making the decision on, okay, who, who could I get in? Because if he brings in, like, for all we know, behind the scenes, Ancelotti and Brands could have hated each other. You know, they might yeah. not have had a good relationship, but they were forced to work together. Whereas if Brands has a relationship with someone and he can bring them in... And then they can work, uh, you know, agree on players and identify players and bring them in. Because that's what we need. We need to kind of, we're, we're not going to be Man City. We're not going to be Liverpool. We're not going to be Manchester United or Chelsea. We're going to be more of the Leicester ilk for now to try and build us to that next step, I think, anyway. And maybe even kind of on course with Spurs in some sense. Mm. But we need to kind of take that approach to get to the next uh, step, in my opinion. Well, Lille, you look at Lille, they st- they, you wouldn't look at them still like PSG, but they've just won the league. And you ne- you mentioned a few managers there, and they're all... Sorry, I went on a bit there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they're, they're all very contrasting managers, but they're all managers we've been linked with, aren't they? Yeah. And um, you mentioned Antonio Conte there, the first one, and he's he just won the, the, the Serie A, the Italian league. So he would be coming in and he'd be demanding a lot because he'd want, oh, well, I'm not coming here for the long term to spend five years with you to get you into Europe for Champions League. I wanted to get you to Champions League in my first season. Yeah. Like Pep did with City, so I want you, I want to demand players. We don't have the financial ca- capabilities because of um, FFP and P&L. And we're in that situation because of years of terrible recruitment yeah. under different yeah. managers. Um, and then Menuno, 
it's, it's just an, another manager we've had before, isn't it? The same sort of CV. Don't know if uh, it, like, this would be like a step up for him. It's a perfect job for Nuno. It looked like he was going to get the Palace job, not so much now at the moment. I've recorded him. Um, but yeah, well, does that not uh, show his level, Ned? Does, yeah, does it, like, it, level, exactly. Isn't? If he does go to Palace and Everton have turned him down, then it just shows, doesn't it? But it's just another manager where he's, he's done well with it. I, like Koeman, myself, Hampton, Martinez, with Wigan, who got relegated. I know we won the FA Cup. Silver did well with Watford for a while until we were linked with him. And he <laughs> turned out he threw a bit of a tantrum and the club blamed... Uh, the, yeah, Watford blamed us, didn't they? Yeah, they do for everything in Watford. Watford lose a game and blame Everton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and then for... Duncan, you mentioned Duncan there. What, well, why not give him a go? It, it, I, I understand why people wouldn't, but people yeah. people coming at like people said to me, you only want him because he's manager or because uh, he's manager because he's an ex-player, or whatever. Let's just take the fact that he's an ex-player out of the situation. It's not a sentimental thing. And Dunga Ferguson's not the same man as he was as a player. It's not like I want him in charge because he's all the passion. He's the most experienced coach in the Premier League. He's been assistant coach under Carlo for eighteen months. He's been working 70 hours a week for like 10 years as a coach. Uh, done all his coaching, he's done the highest level coaching badges. And he knows the club. If we bring a new manager in now, like you said, they'd be, they'd be looking, you know, looking at, you know, I don't know, Bernard Gomez, I want to have a look at these. Well, no. Duncan knows the squad, he knows what we need. He can work with Marcel Brands because they both know what we need. He knows the capabilities of our squad, uh, he knows the limits of our squad. So, and, and I mean, if he doesn't, then he'd, he'd have to go down to. I mean, Paul, would you have took? Would you have took Mikel Arteta before he went to Arsenal? Before we got Carlo, having him be having a couple of years under under Pep Guardiola, because not a lot of people would. Yeah, I actually, you know, at, 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 it's going to sound weird, but at the start when we got Carlo, I was thinking should we maybe have got Arteta, and it actually kind of went like yeah. that, really, didn't it? I mean, both really didn't work out if you're kind of looking at it. I mean, yeah, but like I, th- I look at Dunk as well, and you remember when he was manager, like he wasn't afraid to make big, big decisions. He brought uh, yeah. Moise Keane off, yeah, took him off again. He, you know, he wasn't afraid to make big decisions. And you know, I, I've been there a couple of seasons ago. I was in uh, Bel- uh, not Belfast, uh, Finch Farm, and um, I went in, and, and Big Dunk was in there with the kit man, and he was like just buzzing off the kit man. And then we went in, and he was in the gym. And he was just all over the place, and he was just working with the younger players, and you know, chatting with everyone and stuff like that. So he, for me, he's the perfect candidate in terms of if you want someone who knows the club. But the only thing is, it's just you know, over a long term season, how would he do or whatever. But you know, if if we did get Duncan and and he's willing to work with brands players, okay, maybe it doesn't work out for a year. Please God, it does. But if it doesn't work out in a year, we're sitting here in a year's time, and we can maybe look at it in another manager. But we're not. You know, worrying about recruiting because we have someone who's willing to work with brands and signings, and then you can bring in a manager that could identify like that. So that, mm-hmm. that's kind of, I think, what you're getting with Big Dunk as well. And look for, you know, how many managers has he worked with while he's been at the club? So he would have yeah. picked up different things from all of them as well. I mean, what was he there with Martinez? Um, yeah, Cumin. K- yeah, he's and definitely here with Cumin. David Moyes gave him a job in in. The coaching staff were a bit, a bit lower down and ended up under Martinez, didn't have much influence. He didn't really have much influence until he was under Carlo, was he? Obviously, he came in yeah. when Marco Silva, you know, it was he, Marco Silva got the sack after a 5 2 yeah. defeat at Anfield, which was awful. Which he and should it, have got the sack after a 2 0 defeat exactly. at Norwich at Goodison. But. And then just a couple of days later, Dunk come, get, goes in because I'm going to play 4 4 2. 
Um, it's Chelsea, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm going to play this way. It shows he didn't really have much influence. Obviously, Marcus Silva didn't care much for what he said. Um, he turned Dominic Carvalhoon around. He went to United with six plays out. Um, obviously, the Chelsea game, he ran more than any other team team ran for like the last 10 years, didn't he? And then he went to Man United with plays out injured. He said, I'm going to put Holgate in midfield because I want to. And we got a really good draw. Obviously, he said he took Moyes Keane off, which is, you know, he got the cojones to make a big decision to try and get us a point. And, and why shouldn't he? So, I, I think, I'm not saying Carlo should be the man, because I understand my people, uh, Carlo, I understand why Duncan Ned. should be the man. But, um, I Duncan understand. Angelotti. Yeah, I, un- I understand why people um, have the, um, you know, doubts about him. But there's, there's risks with every manager, isn't there? Yeah, and yeah. I I think there'd be less risk with putting Duncan in charge, me personally. But I understand why people wouldn't want Dunk. But, I think uh, I think what I would say as well is is the whole list of managers that we've been linked with. Whether you look at the betting odds, whether you look at whether you just get yourself a list together, there's there's not one sort of name on there that every single one of us is yeah, behind. Every single no one sticks name. Out. That's it. Every single name splits opinion, and yeah. and we've come, we're coming out of a situation where I remember when Carlo Ancelotti was first linked and we were in a situ- some similar situation to what we're in now, whereas it was David Moyes and I think Paolo Fonseca was linked and Eddie Howe and we were all sort of sitting there going, oh, there's positives to him, there's negatives to him, nobody really had a, you know, there wasn't a solid candidate that everybody was like, yeah, go and get him and then Carlo Ancelotti come from sort of nowhere because he'd just been sacked by Napoli and everyone was like, right, on to Carlo and, and then when we got him it was a, a big feel good factor. We were sort of in that situation we were then but before Carlo become available, where we're sort of just looking at names and you look at Nuno and you think he's got his positives, but he's got his negatives as well. He, uh, Palace have apparently walked away from him because of the the issue with backroom staff and and, and him wanting to bring in a uh, quite an um, you know a, a lot of backroom staff and um, their contacts etc. There was a rumor that that was the same reason Everton walked away a couple of days ago. You've got Eddie Howe. Some people are for him. Some people are against him. Graham Potter in the same. Duncan Ferguson in the same fashion. Some fans would, would love him. The Duncan Ferguson uh, rumors like Marmite, isn't it? You're either well in for it or you're well against it. And I've I've seen that myself doing the streams mm. and the comments. You get one person who's like, yeah, hundred percent give it to Duncan. The person underneath like, oh my god, no, it'll be the worst thing ever. Which it wouldn't yeah. be. It wouldn't be. But I understand the the concern. One team you mentioned before was uh, before before Paul was was Lille, um, and them obviously going on and <clears throat> beating uh, PSG to the the title first time PSG haven't won the uh, league game for a decade, and their manager obviously Christophe Galtier has been linked with Everton over the last twenty four hours. Or so really mad because. Last week he'd agreed a deal in principle to join Nice and it seemed like that one was sort of off the cards for Everton whereas I think Luis Campos who is Lille's former director of football or sporting director has come out and said he'd be a perfect fit for Everton and he'd be mm. able to compete in England and I think what we've seen over 24 hours, I don't know if you've seen it yourself on Twitter Paul, is that everybody's sort of come together for, for Galtier now as there's been videos of him doing roly-polies on the side of the pitch when Lille score, going into the dressing room, jumping on tables and everyone sort of switched their attention and the only thing I've seen in Evertonian who, who's been against the Galtier sign and not that it's going to happen again it's purely at the moment just speculation like the other 45 links to 45 different managers we've 45? Had. Well but even more probably more yeah, uh, and Galtier 20. might be looking at Everton going well yeah I might be a perfect fit for them but not interested there don't want to go to the Premier League or Everton might be looking at Galtier going no I'm not interested in that but he is a name that seems to have rallied everybody up and gone certainly when you, you see videos there's, there's, there's Evertonians all over social media saying I don't know a thing about this fella I've never watched Lille but he's on the, t- the table in the dressing room going absolutely mad so I'll bring him in um, 
And obviously he's another name. He was the flavour of the day yesterday. He was linked with Everton and it'll probably be someone different today. It'll be someone else later on today that we're talking about. But I think that's one one real, I don't want to say issue, but it's not an ideal situation when out of the multiple different names we've been linked with, there's not one that every Evertonian sort of goes, yeah, we can get behind. Now, obviously, whoever comes in, we'll all get behind and we'll all support, whether it's you know somebody we wanted or somebody we didn't want. We've yeah. got to get behind because we've got no choice. What's the point in not getting behind the manager when the, the club have made that decision? Um, but there's not real one candidate that everyone's like, yeah, go and get him, go and go for him because he, he's the right man for the job. Everyone's a bit like... Mm. Yeah, I, I assume it's the same thing. for the club as well. Yeah, well, we've seen, haven't we? We've heard rumours in the board that you know certain members of the board, one one member of the board might want said manager, another member might want this manager. We've seen uh, Duncan Castles coming out and saying Bill Kenwright's in favour of David Moyes or Roberto Martinez returning, which is a massive sort of stick in the throat because I think that's pure <laughs> sentimental reasons. It's not for reasons to benefit the club. I've said it on the seat on the channel before on the podcast. I think Ned and not on the podcast on the on the, on the, the streams and. You know, people might disagree, but I just don't think David Moyes works with Marcel Brands. I think David Moyes is an old-school manager, i.e. somebody that comes in and basically manages the club, runs the club, steers that ship, if you like, um, makes the signings, sets out the style of play. That's what he's been allowed to do at West Ham, whereas Everton are needing more of a head coach because Marcel Brands is the fella that's steering the ship. Um, and if you were going to bring in David Moyes, you may as well have got rid of Marcel Brands in the summer. But then you're there and, you know, Mashiri was, was talking about Nuno. You've got various different members of the board that are more interested in Nuno. Some Eddie Howe, some Graham Potter. So it's all a bit, Marcel Brands is a fan of Graham Potter. So it's all a bit up in the air at the moment. And that never helps, does it, when you've got everyone in the, you know, the board can't agree on a name and, and the fan base can't agree on the name. You're sort of just sitting there thinking, whoever it's going to be, with the exception of Galtier, who I think would, would rally everybody together, whoever it's going to be, you're going to get fans saying, not happy with that. Well, at the time of recording, yesterday, Graham Potter was favourite, 2-1, to one, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Paul, thoughts on Graham Potter? Well, um, from, from what I've heard, um, you know, I, I uh, have had Aaron Connolly and a couple of Brighton lads on um, my channel, and they seem to speak really highly of him. And uh, he seems to want to give you the chance. He, he can obviously identify good players. We've seen that this season with Basuma, Lamptey, a couple of other players as well that they've brought in. He seems to he seems to fit the brand's mold. I think if you watch Brighton a lot this season, about the game we played against them, I've seen them in a, a lot of games and they've been really, really good, but they probably just don't score enough. And mm. that's just been their only kind of downfall. I know look goals winning games and stuff like that, but they've dominated teams that you wouldn't expect them to. Remember, they were unlucky against uh, Man United in one game with the like the, the final whistle like gone and the VAR brought it back and they scored yeah. a penalty. I think it was Fernandez. Like um but th there was just games there where I was looking at him and going, this this guy plays really good football um, and is not afraid to promote youth and, you know, he's not afraid to, I suppose, play his own style and just see how it goes. I think, look, if, if Brighton had won a, a few game, a few more games, they probably would have been in a better position. But such is the way the Premier League was this season, as we've seen by ourselves. Like, you win a couple of games, all of a sudden the season looks really rosy and you lose a couple of games and all of a sudden your season looks really bad, which I think ultimately happened to us on the final day. But um, would I be in favour? Look, if you got the job and Brands was all for it, um, you know, you'd have to just get behind it, wouldn't you? I think there's no I got no point if I ever gone, other than maybe Allardyce, 
with any manager ever gone like I'm not getting behind this guy. Yeah. Um I think every other manager, I think, and I probably would speak for you as well and say you probably felt the same that you would have got behind every other manager and support them. So look, if he came in, I would actually like after Big Dunk, I would probably want Potter more than the rest of them because and mm-hmm. um what what's the name of the little manager? Yeah, Christoph Galtier, yeah. yeah. Galtier, I don't know enough, like you said, like a lot of people said on Twitter there, I don't know enough about him. But again, if he came in, I'd get behind him. But for me, the ones that I think make the most sense for me are the two that I mentioned. But uh, I wouldn't be against Potter whatsoever. He'd be my second choice. So. Well, he, tick, he ticks boxes, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, definitely. I agree with Paul as well, by the way. In, in regards to Galtier, I made it sound like he was just a proper sentimental, like, dead emotional fella and he wasn't a great manager. I think he took Leo from near enough relegation, sort of certainly in and around those areas, to champions within two, three years. He's worked with a director of football as well. Yeah. Um, when he was at St Etienne, before Leo, their board spoke very highly of, of the relationship they had with him and the ability to work together. Um, but... I was, I was speaking to somebody today and they said that the reality is if Galtier was to come in or, or Potter, as Paul said, or, or anyone else, the board would have to step up. The board are going to need to step up either way, no matter who it is, because the board have got to match the, the the ambitions of the manager and the director of football. It's no good the board coming in or the manager coming in and the board saying, well, look, if you finish 10th, that's, that's where we are usually every season, so that'll be all right. No, the board have got to pull the finger out as well. But no, I, I agree with everything you've said, Paul. I think you're spot on. You oh, think, I think just just done that on, uh, just with <laughs> with um, Potter. You know, I mentioned Brendan Rodgers, but he kind of, in some ways, would kind of fit a bit of a mold there. Yeah, I think with with Potter or with with Brendan Rodgers, with Potter. Sorry, I'm it's similarities to Rodgers. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think I think with Potter, you know, obviously because of of. of I think you know the, where he's at, and and the the sort of the thoughts of fans behind that. There's a little bit of a oh, is is he a risk? But look, there's no there's no uh, secret. Brighton do play nice football. Brighton work the ball around. They pass the ball really well, and they do lack that little bit of quality in the final third, and they do lack that ability to to finish chances that they're creating. And if Brighton had a solid out and out goal scorer, then they probably would have done a lot better in the uh, in the Premier League last season. And, and Graham Potter certainly got certain ideas and ideologies of how he wants his teams to play football and I think he's got a sports psychologist degree as well um, which is just another sort of um, you know tool to add to the, the collection so yeah it, 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 it's, it's one of them isn't it you, ne- you never sort of know he could come in and do an excellent job and within six months we might be sitting here saying oh my god you know I can't believe I never wanted this fella in the first place he's absolutely boss so we could be sitting here going this is too big of a job for him I think the reason is fans are a little bit, some fans are a little bit put off, is because of the where Brighton are as a club and where Everton are, and it just, I think some fans sort of think, well, you know, he can do well at Brighton, but Everton is a, a next level step up in terms of the size of the football club, and will he be able to, you know, Brighton's ambition is probably to stay in the Premier League and play relatively alright football to to suit the fans, whereas Everton's is should be certainly to try and breach into those European places and challenge at the top, and can Graham Potter be the man to do that? But you know, I I, I think. I'm fifty-fifty with Graham Potter. I am, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. He's not. He's not the worst name on the list. I don't think he's not the. If, yeah. if he come in, I could get behind him. If he come in, I could think, well, do you know what? This is a man with certain philosophies. He's a man who knows how he wants to play. Not as players know how he wants to play. He got that across perfectly to to Brighton. And if you give him a little bit more quality than what he had at Brighton, then maybe he'd do a lot better. And um, but. 
I also understand the, the, the you know the side of it was to say that you know he's he, Brighton's Brighton and Everton and Everton, so it's a massive step up. But again, who knows whether it's just a rumor from the media or whether there's actually something solid in it. Marcel Brands is in favour of Graham Potter. Marcel Brands has said to um, like him and, and 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 you know seem to think that he, he rates. I think was the word the Athletic used. He rates Graham Potter. So look, as we just said before, if Marcel Brands is is happy with with the manager, then. You know, that's the decision that the man who directs the football has made, then that's the decision we have to get behind, isn't it? Well, just before we finish, Cameron, if you were to choose, who would be your man? I, I, I'm flip-flopping every five seconds, to be honest with it's you. It's hard, I, I isn't am. It? It, it is, because one name comes into the list and then you're like, I convinced myself over the last three days that Nuno Spirito Santo wouldn't be a bad signing. And then he, all the Palace stuff happened yesterday and then I was like, yeah, he'd be awful him. I don't want him, he'd be crap. Mm. And now, obviously, the Palace stuff isn't happening and it's like, oh my God, I'm not, I'm not Nuno. Um, I'm I'm Galtier to be honest. If it's really? possible, got yeah. I'm, I've just seen the video of him jumping on the table and and where he's took Leo from and how he's managed to work and with the director of football there or the sporting director and the board and how well they talk about him. Listen, if if, if Galtier is Everton's man and Everton want to go out and sign him and Marcel Brands wants to go out and bring him in, go and make a move now before Nice think we're gonna to have to put a, we're not gonna to have to kick ourselves with the bottom here because this fella could go elsewhere so we're gonna put a better contract on the table. Do what they did with, with Ancelotti and think, we don't really care who you've agreed to deal with in principle. We don't really care where you're at now. We want you, so we're going to go out and get you. But, for, yeah, again, it, this could be it could be a different situation. And, you know, Sarri was yeah. linked. Mauricio Sarri was linked two days ago. He's just joined Lazio today. So, uh, again, who, who knows what's going to happen. But I'm, I'm still umming and ahhing. But at the, at, in this current moment, I'm, I'm full on Christoph Galtier. Paul, if you were to choose, who would be your man? Obviously, you mentioned Dunk before, but... Um, see, I think the reason why I'm kind of hanging more so on Dunk and, and Graham Potter is because we've had so many managers coming in and we, we've all been kind of buzzing, going, oh, this is going to go so well, and it hasn't. So I kind of want the manager to come in with low expectations that can maybe punch above his weight and you know take us to a, a better place than, I suppose, other managers have. So... That's kind of why I'm I'm not like lulling over a Conte or maybe a Galtier, but I think he's more realistic because you know Lille are more often than not kind of like a selling club or a feeder club for for their teams. You know, I think they won. Did they win the league the last time before PSG in like 2012, 2011? I can't remember who won it prior to. I'm pretty sure they did. I think they. Yeah, so before that decade, I think it was Lille who won it before them then, or else it was Leon, one or the other. Yeah, um, but Lille had a really good side, and um, yeah. you know, they ended up selling a lot of them players off. Um, I think it, uh, I think uh, Ghana was in that team, kind of guy. He he, he yeah. did come yeah, from Lille, didn't he? Before he went yeah. Aston Villa, been, I, think, yeah. I think he went Villa in what, what was it, fourteen, fifteen. I think like it wasn't long after the. I think he had won the league, and not long after he'd gone over. But so they were, yeah, they were, yeah. you know, a selling club. Considering Aston Villa at the time were kind of like relegation area type team at that time. Um, so yeah, sorry to go off on a bit of a tangent there, but uh, I think for me, I, I just want to go. I want to get big dumpy just purely yeah. down to the fact that I think that if it didn't go amazing or to plan that we're not in a whole rebuild of bringing in a lot of players from a different manager and then we're six managers, yeah. uh, different players. You know, where yeah, I think absolutely. if we have Big Dunk, he could bring in brand signings and then we might still be one step ahead of the way, 
even if maybe results don't go the way or, you know, if it doesn't work out uh, with Dunk, which I hope obviously it would. Um, I think the same thing could be said for Potter. So I, I think he would adapt to what Brands wants as well. And then maybe if it didn't work out, then we could kind of look at it throughout the course of the season. But I think whoever it is should be given the first season to see how they get on. And then, you know, the second season, see how they get on then. And if it's not working out, but I just don't want to be the club that keeps sacking managers and getting the same product because that yeah. seems to keep happening since Moyes left. Yeah, I'm with Paul, but there's risks with every manager, That's so it. I suppose we'll <laughs> see. There you go. Thanks for watching. Uh, if you want more videos, including live exclusive videos, then join us on Patreon. Check out Cam's channel on YouTube, The Mighty Blues, and go check out Irish Football Fan TV. Paul, thanks for joining us today, mate. Cheers, Paul. Thanks for having us, lads. Absolute pleasure. I love talking everything, and it's great to see us both. Ah, you too. So, yeah, there you go. Thanks for watching, and uh, we'll see you later.